You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. So today we're speaking to Liz Daniels. Now, Liz is a, is a multi-talented individual and she has lots of different equestrian-based hats that she wears. So we're going to let her explain all of the things that she does. She's joining Horsefest as one of our experts at the festival and she'll be also uh, sharing her enormous expertise and experience to our horse tribe online as well. So let's hear a little bit more about her her background and the expertise that she's bringing to us. So Liz, tell our listeners all do and are involved with from an equestrian perspective. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to, uh, to be part of this. Um, so I have quite a few hats, as you say. Some people would say, um, jack of all trades, master of none, but we'll we'll ignore that. Um, so I work for the British Grooms Association, um, who is a governing body to support all those that work with horses. Um, I have my own company um, and I work quite closely with Riders Minds through that. So I do equestrian, social media and PR. Um, and then in my spare time, I do quite a lot of teaching <laughs> as well and we run adult confidence camps which are really really good fun um and alongside that I also teach at pony club um so yeah it's quite quite varied lots of different hats as you say but um it keeps me busy which is great I love that you say in your spare time it doesn't sound like you have any (laughs) (laughs) well no not not hugely um but I do like to keep busy um and I love all things a question. I'm very passionate about our industry. Um, and I was a former professional groom, hence um, why I've been invited to to come and share my knowledge with you guys. And I still like to keep my hand in there so I can often be found clipping and, and trimming and things like that. So it's it's good to be able to help to educate people. And um, yeah, I just enjoy that side of it. Yeah, and, and you've touched on their former professional groom, and you've you've worked for one of the big characters in the industry, haven't I you? I certainly have. I worked for Jeff Billington. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was so lucky to get the opportunity. Um, I worked uh, worked with Jeff for a few years, um, and it was just the most amazing, incredible experience. Um, I've been lucky enough to work for quite a few um, different people, both. Um, as employed grooms but also then when I set up as a freelance so um the learning that you can get from being a groom is just incredible it's you know it's amazing it's a real throw yourself into the deep end um and just absorb like a sponge yeah oh, that sounds amazing you've been so lucky to do so many very different things um but I'm really interested how did you get into horses in the first place what's your what's your horse story Oh, I was that annoying child that um, whose parents dread, like, can I go and ride? Can I pat a pony? And uh, my parents are not horsey <laughs> um, in the slightest. So I don't quite know where, where I came from, but um, they we had a riding stables um, just down the, the road and they very begrudgingly brought me some, uh, like, I think it was a group of 10 riding lessons um, for Christmas on, oh, it's just before I was five and that was it. I was absolutely um, hooked. So um, 
yeah I was quite independent in paying for my own pony saved up uh, myself and um and helped to to pay for my pony by doing jobs for the people on the yard so I guess that's where it all started so before and after school I would be like mucking out and turning horses out and riding and um I was quite um quite gung-ho and quite happy to get stuck in so rode quite a lot of of people's horses and then worked for an amazing lady um who had a hunting and breaking yard and she taught me a lot um also how to stick on a breaker which was quite useful um as, as <laughs> oh, well if you, if you could share if you could share that with us at some point oh, that'd be quite good. I th- yeah i don't know i think i'm losing my touch now i'm getting a bit a bit older but um yeah it was really good and then um i kind of fell into to working with um horses really i'd worked as a safer um for this lovely lady called nikki um for for quite a few years and then my friend um worked for Richard Davidson the dressage rider um and yeah. he is good friends with Jeff and it it came through there that um his his fabulous groom Jenny who is a massive inspiration um to me she had unfortunately had an accident post um the olympic games and he needed some help so off my bags were packed and um yeah away away we went and I was only meant to be there for a couple of weeks and ended up staying for um for quite a few years it was just um yeah it was amazing but prior to that I'd managed to have a few jobs um like one was on a classical dressage yard just part-time and worked for Lee Pearson um again just um part-time so yeah lots of just submerged in the equestrian kind of industry I guess absolutely did you ever think you were going to do anything else no, my dad used to go nuts. He's like, you can't work with horses. <laughs> You'll grow out of it. And I think he's still waiting for me to grow up. Um, no, I, I then went back and went to university. Um, and I did journalism at university. But it, I always had in my head that I wanted to um, like, still work with horses on, on that level. So that evolved into a marketing and PR um role instead of a journalism which was I think it was a natural progression after having I've got two um two kids so I couldn't be at the shows doing all the the reporting but yeah my my university lectures got quite educated on horses in <laughs> in my time at uni <laughs> that was all I was interested um in doing so I think I, I do enjoy the having lots of yeah lots of fingers and lots of pies so to speak with that Absolutely. It keeps it interesting, doesn't it, when there's so much going on? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and well, how about your horses now? What, what, who have you got? Have you got a little a little tribe of horses? Just a mini tribe. So <laughs> I have um, I have my old boy who is, he's an ex-advanced event horse. He's not, um, not with me, he didn't go advanced with me, but um, he's 32 this year, which is like incredible and I did not think he would still be um still be here because he's obviously quite high mileage but I always joke I think he's like the soundest horse I own and he's (laughs) he's quite happy with life so he lives um yeah he just lives out and and he's fab um I have um a horse who is away being a surrogate um a surrogate mom um due to injury decided not to breed from her myself so she's her um a local yard where she's um yeah basically been a an embryo transfer mare so that's that's quite exciting 
Um, and then my daughter, um, Eloise, she has a pony who we call Betsy Legends because the pony is literally a legend. Um, <laughs> amazing. And, and she's big enough that I can pinch at her and have um, have a ride and, um, yeah, just just enjoy it. And then I'm very lucky that I have the ride um, of a horse at a, a local competition yard to to us who he's he's amazing he's a driving horse but I get to go and play um around doing dressage and um and yeah do some bits of BD um with him so yeah lots of horses to ride as well which is fabulous oh and I, I must say I'm not a mum myself but Heidi is I must say Betsy Legend sounds like <laughs> the sort of horse that every mum wants for their kid actually. she literally is a legend I always think um like because I'm involved in them the pony clubs up here um, the good ones never really come up for sale and she wasn't mm. up for sale and at the time I, I it was yeah she was she was on an 11-2 my um, she was like quite small my little girl but she was obviously getting big for an 11-2 and um, Betsy's like a full-up 14-2 um, kind of Welsh and everyone said oh you're not it's like it's too much of a jump and I was like nah this pony's a legend if I let this pony go like, I'm going to really regret it so um, anyway, Eloise's legs just literally came below the saddle flaps and, um, <laughs> and off we went. But Betsy was amazing because she knew she was little and she knew, you know, like her limitations. And she was just so fabulous with her. And she's not push button. Um, so teaches no. her, teaches her lots. Um, you know, she has to ride at a fence. Otherwise, she's like, oh, are you really committed? I'm not entirely sure you are. But she literally will send you a postcard on the way to a fence saying, I'm not entirely sure that we're going to jump this. So it's really like she's just a fabulous um, teacher. Um, and what's really nice is all, like I know all of her previous owners and they all um, keep up to date with her on Facebook, which I think says a lot about a pony. And she only has four previous owners and she's 18. So Aww, I think that says yeah. a lot about uh, about the pony. So, um, yeah, she's so much, so much fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I'm really fascinated about your mare being a surrogate mum. What does that involve? Yeah, so she's um, so basically because I didn't want to breed from her in case um, her problems were hereditary, she gets implanted with a fertilised egg. Oh. And so she, yeah, so it's like being a surrogate in, um, in a human. Um, so she is having having someone else's baby but she doesn't know that it's someone else's baby so she'll be quite happy thinking she's yeah she's had babies so um, yeah so it's it's exciting so hopefully um yeah hopefully there'll be a little foal a foal afoot um but she's at a local stud I um I don't have my own facilities and I'm quite a big believer that there can be a lot that goes wrong with breeding especially around the foaling time so actually hand that over to the experts if you're not if you're not sure um I'm not sure so she's gone to the experts <laughs> no very good move I, I've only tried I've had two breeding experiences and neither of them were very successful so uh and I definitely regretted the second time that they're not oh. being with the experts so I think it's a definitely a good move yeah you're not on your own there definitely <laughs> oh. um you must let us know how what comes out and how yeah. how the little how the little foal is that'll be really exciting send send us some pics and we'll share oh, on definitely. Social media. that'd be lovely uh, thank you yeah. so uh you touched a bit about on how you end up being a professional groom you just tell us a little bit more about that and we had questions about um tips for some for our viewers wanting to listeners never know what to say um 
wanting to do the same how would they get into that industry yeah I think um finding finding the right job is is paramount um at the British Greens Association we have a lot of questions of people asking you know are qualifications needed um it's so good to have the knowledge but I'm a great believer that there's more than one way that you know leads to Rome so if college or university is for you that's great if the BHS um kind of stage exam system is for you brilliant um you know if you want to learn on the job there's apprenticeships or you know you don't even need a qualification to go and do it but you have to be open um to learning and I think it's finding an employer that is supportive has some time to put into you or the team is supportive um someone once said to me there's no such um thing as a silly question and I think it's such a valid statement if you've you know, if you're made to feel like you can ask anything without it being a silly question, your confidence grows so much um, quicker. So there's lots and lots of, I was just really lucky. I'd had a couple of jobs, as I said before, um, going and working for Jeff's, but honestly, I was like a rabbit in headlights. I was like, oh my goodness me, these ponies Mm -hmm. are amazing. Like they are completely different caliber to anything that I'd ever sat on or worked with before I mean like Otto had just come back from the Olympics and it's Otto's in the stable and you're walking past going oh my goodness it's Otto and like (laughs) it's it's incredible um but you don't have to work with that caliber of horses there is so many opportunities available um and so many learning opportunities um and I think my tips would be like just be prepared to listen and to learn you never never stop learning in our industry like Horses are completely amazing, but unique. And just when you think you might be getting a grasp of it, they do something that makes you realise, actually, no, <laughs> like I don't, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. Maybe I need to ask someone else. But um, yeah, and have have an end goal. So if, if you are interested in show jumping, you know, maybe don't go and work for um, a dressage yard. Like have a have an end goal of what you want to achieve um, and don't be afraid to ask questions about your employment. It's um, it's really important that, you know, you, you do work hard, but that you get kind of paid properly and get the opportunities. And, um, yeah, finding someone that you can work well with and a team that you fit into is is absolutely vital. And then the rest, you just make the most of every opportunity that comes your way because, my goodness, there are some amazing opportunities in the equestrian industry. Yeah, and I guess the BGA can help if someone um wants to get in with it with advice can they oh definitely there's lots and lots of information and it's not just employment advice but um lots of learning and it's a real supportive you know community and it it doesn't matter if you are an au pair and work with you know horses as part of that job or if you're a professional competition groom or anything in between it's there's, there's everything for you know for all kinds of grooms um it's just a nice supportive um you know place to come and get lots of help and information amazing and i love that you're you sort of putting learning and asking questions right in the middle of what makes it you know, what makes a successful career and how you can get the most out of it because i think that's why you're um, so perfect for coming and working with us at horse fest and, and horse tribe so can you chat to us and tell us a little bit about, more about what you're planning to to do for our horse tribe community yeah, um, I'm hoping that lots of people will ask me lots of questions. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, so 
Yeah, it's very exciting. We've got three live learning sessions um, that will have question and answers as well. And the first one is on the 15th of April at 7.30, which I am a little bit too excited about. Um, Did lots of of, um, filming and picture taking um, for that in in preparation. So that will be really, really good. Um, And then there'll be kind of a written like article it'll be like really good fun um fun facts really practical tips i hope for people just to be able to take um some educational things um away and attack room takeaway which is looking amazing so that will be designed that um i'm guessing you guys will have them from all over so you could build a portfolio of them um yeah then just yeah have them have them to hand at the yard maybe laminate them so they don't get covered in cat prints and coffee stains and things like that um yeah yeah. and and then yeah yeah, well you know of course I'm always yeah uh, always bringing random things in um and then I will also be coming to um the festival which oh my god I think everyone's going to be so excited about the fact that a we're going to be allowed out and b we know that you guys are doing so much to make it um covid safe but just being with people will be amazing. Oh, Tell us yeah. about it. We can not. It's going to be so oh, much fun. Can't wait yeah. to sit around that fire pit and chat to real life human beings. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I am so looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, and I, I hope that um, like my sessions will be really interactive. Um, as you probably guessed, I'm quite chatty. Um, love, love people to interact. So, I think for me I'd like it to be a really safe platform where no question is a silly question and everyone can take something away and feel a little bit more confident um the first session we're doing is a post winter tidy up because we've all got like quite hairy um ponies in in the field at the moment and um lockdown obviously is um not inspired us to probably get going as quickly as as we could so the first session will be on turning those into something that looks presentable enough to to take for a hack or out to training or to a competition um so yeah we'll um we'll give you some tips on on how to make them look a little bit more polished after their winter <laughs> hippo fests <laughs> oh my goodness and talking of hippos i have the biggest hippos on the planet absolutely yeah i can't wait for that yeah quick ways to get the mud off please that would really help oh we did that yesterday the, um, <laughs> the horse that i used um, for some of the pictures came in yesterday i was like oh my goodness, this is going to take a little longer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my top tip, which I discovered the other week, was don't, um, if you've got dry lips, don't put lip balm on your lips before you uh, start tidying up a muddy horse. Because <laughs> I ended up with a with like mud fragments stuck to my lips. It was really disgusting. So that's my don't do top tip. Such, um, such a wonderful thing. your horse. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we were wondering what your most memorable horsey moment is so far. I'm sure you've got a lot and it's hard to pick one, but it could be personal, it could be professional, it could be anything. But what's stuck uh-huh. with you? Um, I thought really hard about this because um, like, I don't want to sound like unapproachable, but um, because my moments have been so incredible. Um, like I've had so many proud, proud moments Um yeah with lots of people that I work with um but I think for me personally I think like meeting and riding um Otto and doing his last kind of competitive year with him was absolutely amazing and then taking him on on tour to do the demos was just incredible um 
I remember cantering him round the stubble. I've, I probably shouldn't say that actually because at that point I wasn't supposed to be cantering round the stubble field. So Jeff, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm really sorry. But it was <laughs> the sun was coming up and um, we'd gone out hacking and um, there were some stubble fields just down um, down the lane and I was like, oh, these just look too good to be true. So we went cantering round the stubble fields and he, I just at that moment I will never forget. I just thought oh my gosh, like people would give their right arm for this moment. Like, you know, a double Olympic show jumper and there's me and him cantering around stubble fields, having an absolute blast, um, both cheesing from ear to ear. So that was amazing. And then um, my other um, memorable, very memorable moment was last year pre, actually just before everything kind of locked um down I got to go and ride Blueberry who is otherwise known as Velegro. Oh my word. Oh my god this is like fantasy horse memories. Amazing. It is. I'm so lucky. Um, Alan is just he's amazing and um, he is a BGA member but over over the years of working with him has become um, become a friend as well and um, he said, "Well, you must, you must come down and see us." And um, I'm quite a few miles away from from Alan, but I thought, "Oh my goodness, like I really, really must." And we had the most fabulous time, not just with Blueberry, but it was amazing. Um, again, another amazing opportunity that came through through being a groom um, and and through work. Um, and we, yeah, we went on a hack, and it was just like pinch yourself moment so I was like oh my goodness me this is like this is incredible um yeah I've had so many so many um Jeff gave me a nation's cup horse as well after he retired um after I'd left um working for him he saw that I'd lost one of uh well my horse to colic and phoned me up and said I am um, I've got something for you I'm I'm sending oh, him up um, oh, to Scotland so um sweet yeah and I was like um Jeff like I don't have any money and he's like I don't want money I just want him to have a nice retirement Aww. and um so Racinus came up and had his retirement with me um his ridden retirement and then he went back down um to Jeff um and had another uh another short time out in the field with the with the two-year-olds um which was just so so incredible amazing um and again just amazing to have such a quality um a quality horse um wow yeah although I did try and do dressage and it didn't <laughs> wasn't it didn't work it. so well so <laughs> right. no he was he was just yeah he was incredible and we did the first one which was a horn and we went down the center line and he was absolutely fine and he was just incredible and then the second one was a bell and obviously they use bells for shows oh yeah um, oh my god what we went there straight for the ball <laughs> oh it was <laughs> the comments were hilarious on the sheet they were like this move is not required at this level <laughs> well sat oh, I don't even know what that was and I was like oh no I was like I think we need to rethink this <laughs> That's um, fantastic. But, yeah he um we had lots of lots of fun together so oh, um, yeah so lots of memorable totally. um, moments as well and even some amazing human beings and some amazing horsey horsey stars as well has there ever yeah. been a time when you've been starstruck yeah, um, right at the start of my career, my work, journalism career, um, I interviewed Mary King over the phone and she was like one of my absolute idols. And I did this interview and it was terrible um, because I was so nervous and just starting out. And then I sent her the proof and it had got like two spelling mistakes in, in it. And it's just like, 
it was it was awful but I was so starstruck um and she was lovely she was amazing um and then when I was at Jeff's it was um we had foot and mouth um on and um it was the first time that I'd met John Whitaker and I was like just like a guppy (laughs) (laughs) and I was riding in the school and um, he walked by and I'm like oh my goodness like Tom Whitaker's watching me ride (laughs) he just like carried on he didn't you know he didn't um, pass pass comment but oh yeah Um, and then you just I think you realize that people are just people like Mm. it's um you know I think I've got lots of people that inspire me um but yeah, I think maybe the older I've become, I think, yeah, less starstruck and just have admiration, but then think, oh, like Claire Balding. Oh, I'd love to meet Claire. Claire, if you're listening, I am your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, Claire, if you're listening, we'd love you to come on the podcast and come to Horsefest as well. <laughs> oh, I would love to be part of that po- uh, podcast as well, please. So, um, she, yeah, she's, I've not met, so I've not met her but she's amazing um and amazingly um talented so I I think I would be starstruck by her (laughs) it's funny you say about Mary actually because um uh I've been a massive fan for donkeys years as well so I was really nervous when we first spoke to her about horse first but she's so lovely and down to earth and relatable one of the reasons that we chose her to be a headliner so we're hoping that she'll sit around the fire pit and chat to you and this time you won't be so starstruck no no I'll be yeah I'll be fine now I'll be absolutely (laughs) fine but uh, yeah it was quite a few years ago and you know when you wanted to do a really good job and totally and it's like I I had posters of her on my wall with like Milton and John Whitaker and um, yeah and all of a sudden you're talking to this and she's so lovely so yeah it'll be so exciting to to see her at Horse Fest as well oh brilliant so um the next one it would be really interesting to share is what's the biggest challenge for you in your equestrian career so far and and how did you overcome that challenge yeah um oh that's quite a tricky question um saying no I struggle saying no but that's an ongoing challenge and I've not overcome it um do you know, I think the biggest challenge, I fell off and um, and injured myself quite quite badly a few years ago. Um, and that was a challenge because it was the first time that I wasn't be able, able to get back on like straight away. It was a few months later. Um, I, I managed to damage myself quite badly with my hip and my pelvis and my back, mm-hmm. um, a few fractures. And, um, and it was so that was a challenge mentally for me but actually it created so much of an opportunity because off the back of that I do the adult confidence camps because it makes like I can relate and even though I've overcome it and it took like a lot of hard work and just riding lots of different horses and putting yourself back in that position and realizing that actually it's not you know it's not going to happen it's created a massive opportunity because of the camps that we do so um, I think when people say oh I feel x y and z like it it's very relatable yeah. um now whereas prior to that I was pretty like gung-ho and thought that I was a little bit invincible and that I bounced and then um I think actually the big thing that helped me overcome that was falling off again and um which was quite a f- it, I forget it was maybe two three years after it was it was ages after and I kept saying like I need to fall off and not break myself and I fell off and um and had to do the walk of shame um, but I was 
and I had a little bit of concussion but I was so happy because I'd not broken myself I was like this is amazing <laughs> like I feel like a new woman again so um yeah I think I think maybe yeah, yeah. maybe that but confidence is is a fragile thing and I know that you guys are covering that um in uh in other areas of learning which will be really really good but um yeah I think the thing is just be open about it yeah I guess and um yeah yeah I, sh- I shared a similar experience I fell off I think I was in my early 20s and fractured vertebrae and it's just when you realize that your body's fallible and actually you mm-hmm. can break and it's it's mm. massive especially when you've been that crazy kid that just rides anything and yeah. jumps anything I, yeah I totally agree and I think the impact as well as you get older like my my little people were really quite small and it's the impact it has on everyone else around you as well that, um, you know, like I couldn't walk, so I couldn't go to school. Like I couldn't take them to school and I couldn't drive. And all of a sudden, like, cause I'm quite competitive. <laughs> um, I would time myself. <laughs> this is really bad. Like I time myself walking from like the living room to the kitchen um, to make a cup of tea and back again. And when I say 16 minutes, you would think I live in a mansion. That oh. is literally two rooms worth. Wow. <laughs> you were hopping. walking, but I was... Um, you were hopping lane. Yeah. You were nine-tenths lane. I was. I was very, yeah, I was pretty oh. non-weight-bearing. But, um, yeah. But anyway, we shouldn't talk about falling off. No, we shouldn't. Like, I, I think it's very, yeah, as humans, we like to focus on the bad things. Yeah. But I think how many thousands of times I've ridden and got off massively grinning. And then, yeah. you know, you kind of, it's easy to focus on on that. But yeah, I think that for me would be the biggest, biggest, yeah. challenge. biggest challenge. Let's keep focusing on that big grin then. Um, have you got a funny <laughs> story that you can share with us? I've got so many. <laughs> I think some are probably better suited to around the campfire where maybe we have like a little gin or yeah. something in, in hand if we're allowed yeah. to uh, to do that. But um, oh, yeah, my, my friend Lou, she just shakes her head at me like constantly because I'm a nightmare and I'm always doing the most ridiculous things. But um, one of the things that spring to mind was um, coming, we got caught in a blizzard um, teaching cross country and I'd sent the horses um, down the hill to make and make sure that they were okay and the riders um, and I was walking down um, down the hill and I said to my friend Lou, I was like, I'm going to have to do the thing that all of us equestrians do. Some of us admit it, some of us don't. I shall admit it that I really, really needed a witty. So (laughs) I went behind um, a stone wall in a blizzard and I was so cold. And um, anyway, I had a wee and went back and was getting warm. And we have this wonderful bossy that we can use. And I was sitting in front of them and one of our campers came in and like, Liz, what have you got on the back of your legs? And I was like oh, I don't know, I must have sat on something wet. And then a few minutes later, someone else came in and said, Liz, I think there's something on the back of your legs. Um, so anyway, I went into the toilets to check and I'd sat on barbed wire and lacerated all the back of my thighs, but oh. I was so cold that I couldn't, um, yeah, I couldn't feel it, which I thought was hilarious. So everyone was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, I'm really good at, um, yeah, doing things like that. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that would be my silliest 
thing that's yeah that, that springs to mind that we can that we're allowed to share <laughs> I'm loving that lacerating yourself you find hilarious <laughs> oh it's You're just the most ridiculous yeah. thing like how can you sit on wild wire and not even realize it's just <laughs> crazy but anyway oh. I won't be doing that again it was a valuable lesson another learning experience <laughs> yeah be careful where you stop for a tinkle when you're hacking mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so finally we'd love you to pass on a relatable top tip to our horse tribe i know you'll be passing on loads on the uh, live learning sessions and at horse fest but what's one that you would share with them today um i think really it's don't be afraid to give it a go which is less of a tip but more of advice and by that i mean so we'll be looking at things um like main pulling of feathers, um, the ongoing debate about whiskers, um, tail pulling, all those things. You know, if you make a real hash job of your horse's mane, it's not the end of the world. It could probably be fixed or it will grow. Um, so I think really like, a, yeah, my, my top tip would be like to come and to learn and to learn how to do it properly and then have, yeah, don't be afraid to have a go um, because horses' hair grow. Like my first clip. <laughs> oh my goodness me! I know we're not clipping on this session, but my first clip. So my poor pony. I, I was thirteen, and I I asked if I could borrow a pair of clippers. And um, I anyway, I was going to do. I think it was a, a trace clip, and this poor pony ended up with a completely like hunter clip. Looked like a fork and knife had been used. <laughs> Honestly, there was bald patches. But um, I had the benefit of making all these mistakes at the age of 13. So everyone's like, oh, she's young. She's got no clue. But basically, the tension was so high. The clippers must have been screaming at her. Like, I had no idea. I had no one with me. Like, it's, um, And actually, if I'd have had someone that I could have said, could you teach me about, like, tensioning? Or could you teach me how to pull a mane? Or um, it would have been a much easier learning curve. So... Yeah, I think join us and we can hopefully take away some of those like OMG moments and, and give you the tools to, to help you learn and to do it properly and um, uh, yeah, without making it look terrible. Brilliant. That's amazing. I, I, I probably need to take some top tips for using my face trimmers on my son's hair during lockdown. Oh, I've been doing lots of it. <laughs> it's actually quite, actually quite fun. And he kept he kept looking at me and said, why are you giggling, Mum? I just, just am. I just am. Anyway, I'm getting better. <laughs> a few lockdowns on and it's all looking much better. <laughs> uh, Liz, we've had such a lovely time talking to you. Thank you so much for coming along and sharing your, your fascinating career and insights <laughs> and um, crazy moments. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to seeing everyone on the, the 15th of April. Um, and hopefully it will be, yeah, more gigs and uh, giggles and, and laughs. Nothing too too serious, but lots of Fabulous. learning. Yeah, we'll see you there. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. We've so enjoyed recording this episode and introducing Liz to you all. She's got so many incredible tips from her career as a pro groom that she's going to share with everybody, both at Horse Fest, the festival, and at our very first live learning online at our membership site, Horse Tribe. So we'd love you to come and join our Horse Tribe community online at horsefest.org. 
Not only will you get 15% off Horsefest Festival tickets before the 30th of April, but you'll also have the opportunity to sign up for this first online learning session with Liz, making the most of the amazing tips that she's going to share with us all. And this is for the special member price of just $5.95. So we really look forward to seeing you online on the 15th of April with Liz and at the festival in July. Thank you for listening to the Horsefest podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe. Keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests.